I'm Mark Peterson, and this is an agency update of the FEMA podcast. On October 3rd, 2018, at approximately 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time, FEMA will conduct a national test of the Integrated Public Alert and Warning System. This national system, which includes the Emergency Alert System and the Wireless Emergency Alerts, will provide authenticated emergency information from emergency officials to the public through radio, television, cellular phones, and some internet applications. We sat down with Antoine Johnson, the director of the Integrated Public Alert and Warning Program at FEMA headquarters, to help explain what people can expect from the test and why it's an important step in developing a more prepared nation. Antoine, on October 3rd, around 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time, there's going to be a test of both the wireless emergency alert system and the emergency alert system. Why are we conducting both the tests at the same time? Right, so historically we've only tested the emergency alert system, radio and television broadcasts. I think you know, people across the country are accustomed to seeing uh, those alerts appear in a, in a scroll across the bottom of their television or in hearing that message uh, along with the tones on their radio. Uh, and that occurs on a, a fairly frequent, frequent basis uh, in turn with, uh, uh, with the monthly tests that are conducted by broadcasters as well as uh, these required monthly tests that hold, have both the tones as well as a, an audio message that is, that is associated with it. This time is a little bit different. We have this new capability called wireless emergency alerts uh, that uh, folks will typically mistaken for just a, a text message that appears on their phone from the National Weather Service in the case of severe weather, uh, weather uh, or from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, in the case of AMBER alerts that are issued to your mobile devices. Uh, that capability was launched nationally in April of 2012 uh, and has had a pretty significant impact on uh, our ability to disseminate information over mobile devices. Uh, and this will be the first time uh, that we will test this system uh, in issuing a presidential level of uh, level alert, uh, which was the primary reason for creating the system to begin with. So in 2006, Congress passed the Alert and Warning Act, the WARN Act, uh, and that called for the establishment uh, at that time of a system called the Commercial Mobile Alerting System. Uh, it tasked uh, both the cellular industry and the FCC to come up with rules and a technical capability to leverage our cellular capability to disseminate, to disseminate information. Uh, that system, while used for uh, local alerting, while used for severe weather warnings and amber alerts, has never been exercised at the national level for a presidential type of alert. Uh, and so this is an opportunity for us during National Preparedness Month to exercise these capabilities to ensure that uh, the people of this country and those who visit uh, the U.S. can receive national level information should there be some threat to their safety. On, on television and radio, what will people actually see and hear? So on television, uh, people will see on, on, on the date of the test, they will see a message scroll across their TV. It will say this is a test of the National Emergency Alert System. This system was developed by broadcast and cable operators in voluntary cooperation with the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the Federal Communications Commission, and local authorities to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, 
uh, an official message would have followed the tone alert you heard at the start of this message. A similar wireless emergency alert message uh, has been sent to all cell phones in the nation. Some cell phones will receive the message, others will not. No action is required. On, the, on mobile devices, uh, people will receive a text message on their mobile device, which will state that this is a presidential alert. This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. When there's a need for the president to push out an, uh, an alert through this system, he's pushing it out to every, every person in the nation. Yes, and the idea is with IPAWS, with the stand-up of the Integrated Public Alert and Warning System in 2006 by executive order, uh, the intent was to reach uh, people through a number of different communications mediums, whether it was radio, television, wireline services, our mobile or cellular technology, as well as social media to ensure that people received the information that they needed to have uh, to then respond to whatever the threat may, may be. Uh, and so this will be the first time. Uh, it is uh, unlike any other technology, your, your typical uh, uh, text message that appears on your phone and that it's, it's based on a slightly different technology to ensure that we can uh, push that information to mobile devices, devices in the absence of the cellular network being present. And so just as you can make a, a 911 call on your mobile device in the absence of the cellular network or whether or not you have uh, a data plan on your mobile device, we can, at the national level, as well as state and local, push that information to your mobile device, even if you don't have a data plan on it. Uh, so that ensures people can receive uh, any type of emergency information that may present a threat to, uh, to their safety uh, and ensures that th that message contains information uh, that will allow them to take the uh, actions necessary to avoid any type of injury or death. So will anybody with a, a cellular device receive the alert? So um, most phones across the country will receive the alert. There are some anomalies, and, and uh, we've seen those surface from time to time with just local alerting or severe weather warnings that have been issued by the National uh, Weather Service. And so this is an opportunity to, to assess the entire network. We will see, see some anomalies, so we don't expect that uh, all of the 300 million devices in the country will receive that message, uh, but we're fairly confident that the majority of those devices will. Uh, and so we will take that data and work with uh, both the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, as well as the cellular industry uh, to, to work out any kinks in the system to ensure every American uh, receives the information that they need in response to some threat. Antoine, does, does a member of the public have to actually sign up to receive no. WIA alerts, or do they have to do anything to no, their wireless and, uh, and that's one of the beauties of wireless emergency alerts is that uh, the public doesn't have to sign up, sign up to, to receive these uh, text messages on their mobile devices. Uh, when we launched uh, formally in April of 2012, uh, the majority, if not all, of the mobile devices that were being manufactured at that time came automatically configured with wireless emergency alerts uh, turned on on the device. Uh, and so uh, there is nothing to do, no personal information to be provided. Uh, certainly there was a concern at the time that we launched that uh, the federal government was monitoring or tracking people, uh, and that is not the case. Uh, the federal government does not know 
uh, where that phone is or who is carrying that phone or anything of that nature. Uh, and so unlike you know, your local subscription-based uh, alerting tools, there's no personal information to be provided. Uh, that location-based uh, alert that may be received on the device is determined by the cellular network and the location of that device. Why is it important that we do this test now? Right, it's extremely that important that we do this test. One, uh, one of the goals of this administration and of this agency is that we have a prepared nation. And one means of being prepared is ensuring that we can communicate with people uh, during times where our communication systems may be extremely stressed. And if you recall from hurricane season, you know, Maria and Irma and... Uh, Harvey. Harvey, thank you so much. Uh, our communication systems and the ability to communicate with people were extremely stressed at that time. Uh, and so we want to test to make sure that uh, we are working through any challenges or issues that were identified uh, during those particular hurricanes, that the system continues to be improved, and that we can reach people regardless of who they are, where they might be, and what they might be doing. And so um, this is extremely important for us that we gather that data and can continue to improve on those technologies and that capability. Uh, and, uh, and so that, uh, in addition to just making sure that, you know, folks are aware of all of the, the things that they should be doing in, 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 in terms of being prepared for any type of natural disaster or local disaster or, or uh, event in their communities, uh, this gives us another means to assess those things and, uh, and to improve them over time. This is a test, but what kind of alerts might people receive if it were a, a real event? We have seen examples of real events in local communities over the last uh, five or so years where uh, there have been uh, a number of alerts that have been issued to folks uh, in response to active shooters. Uh, in response to flash floods or tornado or hurricane type activity, as well as, you know, we've seen examples of where local authorities have issued um, boil water advisories or train derailment where there may be some uh, hazardous uh, uh, chemical that has been spilled. Uh, and so, you know, the system is used for anything that present, prevents uh, or presents a threat to public safety. Uh, and uh, if there was, for example, a national emergency, uh, the system would be used um, by the president or could be used by the president to issue any national level type information. I think, uh, you know, January 13th of this year demonstrated uh, an event, uh, although it was a, a false ballistic missile warning, where uh, some type of threat by uh, a, a nation state uh, would warrant that type of information being pushed across these systems, both EAS as in the emergency alert system as well as wireless emergency alerts or other any other means for disseminating that information to Internet content providers or application developers, whomever. Um, but the whole intent is to make sure that the, uh, the people of this country are, are fully informed of an, and aware uh, of any threat that the nation is faced with. Antoine, FEMA uh, has responsibility for the integrated public uh, alert and warning system, uh, but it, it's not just FEMA alone. Who are some of our partners on this test? Uh, so there are a number of partners, uh, uh, both at the uh, within the public and the private sector that uh, we work with on a regular basis. Uh, the first of which is the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, the FCC develops the rules and regulations that uh, kind of govern the the activities of, of the broadcast community as well as the cellular industry. Uh, so that's a tremendous relationship in terms of writing the rules uh, under which these uh, um, both broadcasters and 
regular industry partners will support uh, these national alerting capabilities. Uh, then, of course, you know, the cellular industry is a partner of ours in, in, in providing us with the ability uh, to leverage the, the, the tremendous investment that they made uh, in their uh, technologies uh, to, to deliver this information to, uh, to people through cellular means, as well as broadcasters, a tremendous partner uh, of ours with uh, making their broadcast networks and things like that available to us to disseminate information. And of course, you know, we have the, uh, our partners on the Hill who are instrumental in, in writing uh, legislation or legislating. And, and uh, we've seen that we've gone from uh, executive order, uh, an, an executive order in 2006, to legislation that was passed in 2016 to take what was contained in that executive order and actually put it into law. And so um, that's been a tremendous partnership with them. Uh, but most importantly, I think, you know, the people of this country are a significant stakeholder. Uh, we are here to deliver to them uh, the services that I think they expect of us on a daily basis, and we consider them to be our primary stakeholder and partner as we move forward with delivering these services uh, in terms of wireless emergency alerts or any other type of information that presents a threat to their safety. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's the National Weather Service for severe, for severe weather warnings. Uh, their partnership with us is also extremely important, uh, primarily because, I mean, the majority of the alerts that are issued in this country today come from the National Weather Service. Uh, and they are flash flood warnings and tornadoes and hurricanes and all of the things that are associated with weather. Um, but in addition to that, uh, NOAA Weather Radio is another, you know, key means for disseminating information across the country. And, of course, NOAA maintains about 1,000 transmitters across the country that, you know, provide additional capability for us. Um, so, yeah, tremendous partnership at both the public and the private sector uh, levels. And uh, we just, uh, we, we pray, place great value in certainly the private sector and the investment that they have made in their infrastructure and in allowing the federal government uh, as well as state and local and tribal governments to leverage those, uh, that infrastructure to deliver information to people. How long have you been with the program? So I joined FEMA in 2009. And, uh, you know, th to be quite honest, I thought I would be in FEMA for a couple of years and then go back to the Department of Defense. Uh, but once I arrived here, just, uh, you know, working with the folks here, we have a great team here in FEMA. And I think uh, uh, every, every person that works in the program is tremendously dedicated uh, to this mission area. Um, but then developing the technology and working with the, 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 the partners that I just described, both on the private and the uh, public side, uh, and delivering information that's making a difference in people's lives every day has just, uh, you know, convinced me that this is the right place to be. And I, th I think that uh, while we've made significant improvements in our alerting technologies over the last nine years, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, and, you know, I think we'll have an opportunity to move into and kind of exploit these kind of ubiquitous alerting concepts that we've talked about so that we can reach people regardless, as I mentioned, of who they are, or where they are, what they might be doing. You know, looking at emerging technologies like smart home technology to deliver information, as well as taking advantage of some of the um, satellite technology to push information into automobiles where we can provide uh, route direction, you know, to help folks avoid uh, an incident. And 
and uh, you know, so there's there's a lot of opportunity, uh, especially as it relates to uh, social media as a primary means for disseminating information as well. Uh, so there, there's still a lot of challenges. We made a lot of progress, but there's still a lot of progress to be made uh, if we are truly going to move into an environment where every person that may be in harm's way can receive the information they need to get out of harm's way. What does it mean to you to, to look back over the course of alert programs, like going back to air raids yeah. uh, in the Cold War, and to see it move to a point now where we're able to uh, send out or push alerts right to a wireless device that people are, well, are basically ubiquitous in the United yeah. States. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you look, if you look back in history from 1951 or even prior to 1951, um, before, you know, President Truman stood up the control of electromagnetic radiation program, there was not a coordinated means within this country for disseminating national level information to people. And so you had, you know, siren systems, uh, air raid systems and things like that. Um, but that was, uh, you know, in terms of today, that would not be an effective way of disseminating information because, of course, those sirens only have, they have a limited reach. Uh, and so uh, with the advancements that have been made over the last 60 plus years, uh, I think they are tremendous and demonstrate uh, the power of both the, the private and the public sector working together to solve some of the challenges that we have with keeping people informed. And uh, so I'm just looking forward to, you know, even greater things for the future. And I think there are tremendous advancements that can be made uh, to continue to serve uh, the needs of our communities. We've linked to this episode on our FEMA Facebook page, and we invite you to join the conversation in the comments. If you have ideas for a FEMA podcast topic, send us an email at fema-podcasts at fema.dhs.gov. If you would like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov slash podcasts.